Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon Podcast. I am your host, Lana Mercedes, and I am joined by Dr. Giancarlo Licata. If you missed last week's discussion, I urge you to go back and listen as we talked about brain mapping, retraining the brain, and improving our overall mind and health through neuroscience exploration. On today's episode, we continue the conversation by diving into some listener questions. If you're not already doing so, you can find me on Instagram at Mercedes, where I'm constantly posting to my stories asking for listener questions for future episodes. Please enjoy this week's episode. Why do some people require more sleep than others? And for those who don't require a full seven to eight hours, are they more susceptible to long-term damage or a shortened life expectancy? Yeah. I opened a can of worms Um, with this one. (laughs) Um, Sleep is probably one of the most important things we could do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, it seems like all the research is showing that um, roughly about eight hours is ideal. Once we go less than five, it doesn't matter who you are, you are really taking quality and quantity out of your life. Okay. okay. Um, and the different and and what we know is that there is um, like a graph. There's the quantity of sleep, which is how much of it, but then there's also the quality of sleep. Um, how much deep sleep are we getting? How much of the REM sleep are we getting? Um, how many times are we waking up in the night? Um, those are those are those also um, are part of the picture with sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in essence, um, Matthew Walker, he's, he's a PhD out of Berkeley. He wrote a phenomenal book called Why We Sleep, um, and I recommend it for everybody. And he he goes to show that it's like all cause, I mean, mort- like mortality, like this is thing. Like, you want to have, you want to lower your cancer risk, get better sleep. You want to lower your risk of, of Alzheimer's, get more sleep. You want to lower your risk of diabetes, get more sleep. You want to lower your risk of anxiety and depression, get more sleep. So um, why do some people need it more than others? Well, some people are probably more depleted than others. Um, some, um, But even the people that say they don't need it, um, they're just kind of kicking the can further, and it's still affecting them. We just can't see it short term right um and so but we all need it yeah so maybe someone who says you know i'm good with four hours and then i can go to work it's maybe you feel like you are but it could be doing some underlying damage that we're just not aware of at the moment yeah yeah and and, and you can go to work but you're you're not we know you're not cognitively 100 percent. so you, you if you had to take a test and you took the test with four hours and you took the test with your eight hours um you would uh, you guaranteed you're going to get worse scores right? right um you're you're going to be more punchy and and either anxious or depressed or punchy because of it now and again you think you're fine but you just may not be connected um and yes um physiologically um you know your your body did not do what it was supposed to do that night um it's kind of like i, I tell people it's um you know, if we live in the city um, and we're out at night, you know, at one or two or we're on the freeway at one or two in the morning, um, everyone else is sleeping. But guess what? That's when when that's when they're repairing the freeways. That's when they're 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 redoing the, 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 the electrical lines like there. It's when all the work is happening is while a lot of the people, a lot of us are sleeping in bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually the way that our brain works um, and our body works, frankly, um, all of our bodies growth and repair and learning mm-hmm. is happening when we're sleeping 
Yeah. And so we rob it and um, and we, we really do ourselves a disservice. We perform much less at a, at a, high, a lower quality when we do. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next one we have here is how can I create a space in my home to promote focus? Which I'm sure people are going to love this question right now with a lot of people working from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, get a corner get a corner, get, get, I mean, you know, I, you know, for some of us, it's like, get a room. Well, you know, Hey, we don't, there's no more rooms. Right. right. So get a corner. Um, you get a corner and you, you clean everything off your desk and you, you set, you, you, you pre-think, uh, uh, and you create your list and you have your list in front of you of I'm going to accomplish these three things. Right. Mm. And you, um, and ideally, for most of us, um, you literally there's there are now apps for your computer or your phone. Um, there's you know settings that you place where you can't surf the web, you can't check your Instagram, you can't yeah. go back to your email, um, and you just and you you give yourself a cookie and you have the cookie sitting there and you say I'm not going to have that cookie. I'm, I'm using it as an example, but yeah. I'm not going to have that cookie until I do these three things. Yeah. Right? So that 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 will help probably 80% of us. There are 20% of us that um, we actually have to have something in the background. Um, it's mm -hmm. part of our ADHD brain. We have to have something that's going. And so um, and so with that, you just need some background thing that you can kind of divert your eyes or have as you know to, to listen to in the back. Yeah. And that well, that's going to have to be your thing, and you have to figure that out. So you know, do the do what I said, and then see what you need to hack to have something in the background, right? right? For some people they need they need to have it with a view. I do, I need to have a view outside. Um, and every once in a while I need to just go, huh, ah, something new and novel, cool. All right, let me go back and finish yeah. this. Um, yeah, nature you know, so. is, can help in an abundance of ways for sure. <laughs> It really, it really can. And, and if you can, if you, you know, you know, uh, noise canceling earphones, you, you'd be shocked at how effective that is, mm. especially if you've got your kids yelling, you've yeah. got your neighbors here. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, and you invest the money and, um, and it saves you hours and hours, hundreds of hours of distraction. And so, um, mm. that's another tip. Awesome. All right. This one seems maybe it's coming from a teacher. It says, what are three things teachers can do with their classes to help with the anxiety some may feel with the return to school full time this fall amid the ongoing pandemic? Yeah, it's a great question. I wish I had. I would, so there are so many things and I'm thinking about what would be what would be enough to be effective. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that's going to be a hard one to answer. But what could you do? That makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. um, um, one thing that I would say is um, is the ability to, to have your students say, "We are going to, when we walk through these walls, we won't walk through these walls. We will walk through this door. <laughs> um, we are leaving everything that all of our problems behind. That is staying out there. It's not going away. It's going to be there when we get out. But for these next three hours before lunch, we are going to be here." Mm -hmm. And kind of and so I think what we often our brain, our brain works um, with triggers. And so to create yeah. that trigger of just once every time I cross through, uh, you know, football players will do that when they, you know, once they leave their locker room, there's there's a ritual of and we get on that field, 
we go on and we, we create these these triggers. So a lot of sports a lot of sports professionals and athletes know this already, and their their coaches have trained them. Mm -hmm. um, but you know you can you can hack that and do that in your classroom and say you know when you walk through these doors everything stays there and we go here. Um, the second thing that you could do is also um, look. One, help them get the wiggles out, because I don't know how, how a child is supposed to sit still on their computer all day long um, and now have to, you know, just watching screens all the day long. It's, we're not wired that way. We, we have millions of years of biology that, that say that is just absolutely not going to work. Um, but by getting the wiggles out and by teaching them some breath work, and, and again, I, 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 if, if they'll yeah. handle it. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. So that's why I say, but for some of them at a classroom of, of you know, 20, you may find that five get it and that they, they can use that for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so that's there, but there's a lot of great things. Um, there's a lot of what's called trauma informed, um, therapy and trauma informed, um, counseling and trauma informed, yeah. um, teaching. And so, um, and frankly, at this point, nobody, nobody now, you know, um, owns the book on trauma. Everybody's getting traumatized. And so, um, and so I think by using some of their expertise and tools, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, you'll have more resources than I can give. But um, yeah. but taking that as such that they are, you know, picture picture World War Two, you know, how are teachers supposed to teach their kids while there may be a bombing happening? Um, yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of the way we're being told that life is like right now. Yeah. And so, um, you know. So we have to kind of find some ways, some ways that are go beyond just, right. I don't know, you know, be, be, you know, don't be, don't be stressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to prepare for those things, but also listener, thank you for that question. Cause maybe it's an excuse for us to get Dr. Lakata back on the episode or back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Um, you touched on football, which is great. Cause actually our next question, it says, we see a lot of cases with CTE in contact sports. Can you explain the disease and how it can be prevented or addressed on an organizational level? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in essence, what we see is it's a continuum from what we understand. And, and again, we don't fully understand it yet. And there's politics behind it. So, um, but what we understand it is, um, is at, at some point there, it's not just one big concussion. It's a lot of hits. It's a lot of hits that keep happening. It's a lot of hits that create inflammation and weird changes that happen in the brain. And they keep, it's like a slow burning fire that keeps increasing over time. Mm -hmm. And depending on where, which rooms in the brain that those fires are burning, it, we start showing up with emotional issues, um, mental health challenges, um, you know, speech problems, all kinds of issues, depending on the room in the brain, yeah. until eventually that that fire has burned so much that it creates this this long-standing damage in the brain that it's kind of like this point of no return. And so, um, you know, even CTE, it's, it's chronic traumatic encephalopathy. All that means is big fancy um, Latin or, or Greek for Chronic means it's been happening over a long period of time, um, you know, um, traumatic because it happened because they kept getting hit. And encephalopathy are two words, encephalo, which means brain, and pathology, which means a disease or a problem, right? So at the end of the day, we don't even know what it is, right? But we do know that it happens over time. So what can you do about it? Um, it seems like the, 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 
the younger kids are going into contact sports, the the more it's the the more likely people are are, are going to have it. Um, but but like any fire, you need to find ways to put it out. Yeah. Right. So um, it, it's it's it, so um, people understand that you can um, you can lower your overall inflammation by eating better, by drinking more water, by taking supplements, by doing certain things that will lower the tendency for your brain for that fire to burn. Also, you can now go to the regions of the brain that are that have the chronic post-concussion problems and address them and help them heal. As time goes on, you'll see less of that their tendency to finally develop into full-blown CTE. Right. Okay. So, um, so just avoiding sports is not going to be the answer, and nobody wants to hear that anyways. <laughs> um, but, um, but understanding what you can do along the way to put out the fires are going to be probably the solution for a lot of people. So that's actually a good um, lead into our next question, which says, I think some will say they're fine, but just afraid of missing playing time or being replaced on the team. But what can parents do to be sure their teens are ready to return to sports or training activities after a concussion? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. That's tough. Um, we work with, we, I mean, we, we, we work with so many schools locally, we work with so many concussion experts yeah. um, as a team, because no expert knows all of the things that, that are going on with the concussion. Mm -hmm. um, in essence, um, you know, what I tell people are, are this, get a baseline test. Um, and it's usually a series of questions the person, the child has to answer, along with some eye testing, some balance testing. Um, and so it can't just be a, 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 a computer test. Um, and you get a baseline. And then what, hap that what happens is if you suspect the child has a concussion, um, <clears throat> you retest them. And sometimes they just need to get out of the game and you retest them before the next game. And then you'll have an idea of how bad they are. Um, and then you need somebody who knows what they're doing to track their progress. But uh, more often than not, kids are going back in too soon. Um, and um, what we know, this is a little bit scary, but what we know is that um, if you have a concussion, it creates a, uh, it, it's almost like you get a bruise, you get a, you, you get stunned, you literally damage some tissue in the brain, but it's not horrible. You go back in, you get a second one, or you just push it too fast, you now push it to actual cell death, yeah. right? Like, like it is no s small deal yeah. um, about this going back too soon. And so, um, and so it's not an easy answer, but it is something that, that um, you know, look, I get it. No, no, no child wants to you know, be the one that has to sit out. But yeah. at the end of the day, nobody's looking back 10 years going, gosh, I wish I stayed in that game. I wish that that peewee football game, you know, I, I wish I stayed in to win that. That, yeah. that really affected the, the direction of my life. No. Yeah. No. Right. So especially if it's going to cause the long term damage. Most important thing is is the healing. It's the healing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but again, you know, they, they, we don't have the tools yet on every field to, for people to know where they're at and how, how much damage is happening. So it becomes a little bit arbitrary. So it's not an easy answer, but you, you, I would usually, when in doubt, just, you know, stay out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and the baseline yeah. testing that you're referring to, is that the name of the test or you're saying a series of like general brain tests, like an MRI yeah. and things of that nature? Yeah, no, not MRI, but they tend to be things like... Um, there are three general categories that tend to be uh, as, as good as it can get that anybody can do. It's going to be a computer test where you answer things, 
plus the second part is going to be a, a vision test, an eye test, plus a third part, which is a balance test. Um, okay. as, far, as far as we can see, that's, those are kind of like the cheapest mm -hmm. that give us the most, the most information. Um, okay. and, um, and, but no, there is, not, there is no one company that does it, and so it becomes kind of a, a challenge finding the right people to do those. Right. Okay. Um, the next question is, what are some techniques for getting your brain to relax before bed? I think we kind of touched that on, on that, but if there's anything you want to add to it, feel free. Yeah. Um, you know, um, turn off your lights as much as you can, um, have, as, you know, turn off any blue lights. So screen time, mm -hmm. you know, three hours before sleep, um, you know, ideally go for a walk before sleep, um, uh, you know, avoid alcohol and sugar, um, three hours before sleep. Um, you know, and create a, create a bit of a, of a ritual, right? Um, okay. you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a two to three hour process to downshift. And so, but most of us are watching horror movies on Netflix until we fall asleep. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, no, I mean, try it. It just doesn't, it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So, um, so there's that. And again, um, I'm biased. Some people, literally, their brain has has um, has been injured or is it has certain issues that they can't. You you can tell them all the things that their brain still won't downshift. We do the brain training to help them do that, and they can. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but for you know for 99% of us, you know to, you know give give yourself a three-hour runway, and um, you know and 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 it's not going to happen overnight you have to give it you know three to four weeks for it to start to show up so but i would i would i would go back to the book you know why we sleep by by yeah. matthew walker i think it'd be huge awesome i'm going to research that and put that in the episode notes for you all um the right. next one that we have here so we got three left are we good on time let's do it let's okay. do it yeah so we have um actually this is great for what all the things that are going on right now how much would you attribute income disparity and Again, if you feel like it's going outside of the scope, feel free to just let us know. We can yeah. move on. How yeah. much would you attribute income disparity and social media culture to the mental health issues in going on right now? So, so tell me about between. I understand the income disparity, but tell me about the the, the social media. Are, are those two separate things, or are they somehow? Yeah, I mean they're on the same question. I believe they're just saying like income disparity as one, social media as another, in regards to just. I'm sure it could be. I mean, I don't, I'm just pulling the question from the listeners, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, that, like, that comes along like, with that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's, absolutely. I even know people, like you mentioned, watching horror movies that somebody just staring at social media until they fall asleep or the yeah. anxiety with comparison or several things that yeah. can come from that. Yeah. 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 Um, income disparity is real. Um, income disparity are, like I said before, there are, there's the internal settings of our body and our, our nervous system that we can hack. And then there's the external environment in which we live. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, when somebody lives in a place of, of, of food insecurity, um, you know, um, physical insecurity, um, you know, whether it's violence outside of the home, violence inside of the home, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, these are all going to be things where, that is a different place that somebody has to their nervous system has to live yeah. than you know somebody who's living and going into you know to a, a, a college prep school and or a, you know a college at all and so um so income disparity is huge it's huge and unfortunately there are no simple solutions to that and you know people have been trying to solve that for you know two thousand years um now um 
the the social media is a simple answer. Um, the social media um, social media is hacked. It, it is it is designed to keep us in a level of high arousal. That's what it does, um, and it's designed to. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll touch on this briefly and then go quickly. If our brain is a three-story house, we have the, the, the penthouse is our cortex. It's our thinking brain. Mm -hmm. The second, second story is our emotional brain, our limbic system. Okay. And our basement is our brain stem. It's where, it's where the water heater is and everything else, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so um, everything that is good about our, everything that, that, um, that determines what we call agency in, in, in the, in the, in the um, neuroscience world, which is my ability to choose, my ability to, to think about things, my ability to, to, um, to respond rather than react, right? All of that is happening on the third floor, everything, mm. right? And in fact, a lot of the third floor's job is to be the nanny for the second floor to tell it to chill out, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so now, why do I say that? Um, why do we use this th three-story idea? This is based on what's called the triune brain theory um, from uh, Dr. McLean uh, in the 80s. Um, the problem is that social media is designed to hack our second floor. It, the news is designed to hack our second floor. Mm -hmm. It is designed to make our, our emotional brain, our limbic system, overly active, constantly active, to the point where it turns off our, our third floor, our ability to choose, our ability to be self-regulated, mm -hmm. our ability to, to, to respond rather than react, our ability to think about things and plan and strategize how to get out of our situation. Um, and so, you know, uh, social. You know, we we it, it's it, it's you know we we are we are constantly just the same the same reward network that is is going to be indirectly linked to that area is also the dopamine reward network. It's when we get the like or we get the comment when we we we, we have some posts and we think it's really cool <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like we're checking back you know maybe every every couple minutes to see how many likes we got or how many comments we got. That's hacking in our dopamine reward system that's that's in there. And mm -hmm. and guess what? All that is shutting off our third story. Um, and so um, so how do I think it affects us? I think it affects it affects us really poorly um, because they're designed to make us anxious. Yeah. Um, and and I and it's like, well, why? What's you know, we don't need to we don't need to, to, you know, see, see who's good or bad. It's just that when we're anxious, we're reactive. When we're reactive, we're, we're weak. You know, we're going to we're impulsive and we're impulsive. We're going to buy the thing that they want to sell. We're going to post the thing we want to post. We're going to we're going to get mad at the thing we're going to get mad at. And it keeps us engaged. But it, it really it, it really disempowers us. Mm -hmm. to actually do something about our life and, yeah. and, and move ourselves a little bit out of the situation we're in, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, okay, sorry. I, I don't know if they were asking for that answer. No, but yeah, there, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great because a lot yeah. of people, you know, just imagine someone standing in line at a grocery store, or they're in an elevator or at a doctor's office, like you're, you've, 
you know, 50 years ago, people could just sit there and talk to each other, be okay in silence, not doing anything. And now it's like the first thing you want to do is pull out your phone. You're feeling anxious. And then you go to the thing that's going to make you more anxious. And it's just, you're wondering why you're not feeling any better. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly where the the question was intended to go, but I I think it was great. So, (laughs) um, hope, hope, hope that, hope that helps. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this next one, um, I think it's great too because I'm just big on vitamins and minerals and I don't think that they are um, kind of viewed as as much of a staple sometimes in certain doctor's offices. But, and as you mentioned, prescription, you know, painkillers, certain things of that matter can also just kind of cover up what's actually going on. But this question says, what would you suggest would be the most practical or economical way to noticeably improve memory, be it through nutrients or practices? Mm-hmm. Sleep. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, being, I'm being slightly facetious, but yet, yet it's real. It's a yeah. major. Somebody told me back back in the day, you know, um, in college, you know, you know, major in the majors, not the minors. Um, now, I'm not saying supplements are minors, so I'm going to go back. But if I if I was to say, what is the thing that is free and that I could do that will improve my memory at sleep? And, and I, we can go into it if you say, oh, come on, Dr. Carla, just, you know, what do you mean? I, I'll, I'll geek out with you in a second, Lana. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but in the supplements and nutrients, because they are, I agree with you, valid. but let's say that great, I, that, let's agree, or oh, yeah. let's pretend that I'm, I'm saying I don't agree with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So should, do, do you want to sit on sleep for a second? And we'll go. Yeah. Ahead. Or, let's or, do it. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so, um, memory. Okay. So, um, so two things. Um, the, here's a quick, cool thing about memory. Anybody who's in school, anybody who's in college, anybody who has to learn for their business, here you go. Um, we have something, we have this kind of short-term memory thumb drive in our brain. It's called the hippocampus. And, um, and it's got a limited amount of, of, of bytes in there. Um, uh, and so anything that I'm studying, if you're learning some, some accounting thing or you know, some marketing thing for your business, um, you sit there and you, you study, study, study. Then you go to sleep and your, your brain does three parts to turn that into knowledge. Um, in deep sleep, your brain edits out all the stuff that's not necessary and consolidates that information. Then in REM sleep, it integrates that information and, and actually turns that it, it downloads that into your computer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then in light sleep, if it was, if it was, it had anything to do with, with muscle movement or skill development, that's when light sleep happens. And you do, you should be able to go through that about five times in an eight hour period. Mm. Right. Okay. And so then you wake up in the morning, your brain has been learning, relearning, updating, you know, thinking about and connecting dots that you weren't doing at all while you slept. And then it frees up that thumb drive in your hippocampus. So that the next day when you got to learn something new, you got room on the thumb drive to learn it. Right. Mm-hmm. So now if you want to ignore that whole thing, then we're now we're spending all this time trying to do all these other things on top of it to try to improve. But the whole thing is like that is the foundational aspect of memory and learning. Right. And so. Um, so, you know, I wish I wish I talked to my 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 college self when, you know, and say, don't don't cram. Why, why are you going to cram? It's not the way the brain works, right? Mm-hmm. You need to sleep on it. You need to, you need to download that. And if you haven't downloaded, and if you haven't emptied out your, your thumb drive, well, you keep trying to shove new stuff in that thumb drive and it's full. Yeah. And, you know, so, so, um, so for, for learning and memory, 
um, it is, it is, it's, it's the major, it's the major. And then we can do things on top of it. But my whole point is that if we don't do that and we ignore that and we do all these other things, well, we're still going to be at a loss. We're not performing where we want to because we're ignoring some of the major parts. Right. Okay. Um, the second part with memory is that, well, what about long term over time? I'm, I'm thinking about I'm aging. I'm thinking about, I don't know, my 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 mother had Alzheimer's. And now I'm worried about Alzheimer's. I, you know, I really I want to take some supplements for my memory. Well, it also happens that in deep sleep, um, our brain does something that is profound. We didn't even know this existed until a few years ago. And it's called it basically flushes the toilet of the brain. It is plumbing for the brain. Um, it only happens in deep sleep. So that's why I said quality matters, not just yeah. how long, because some of us have eight hours and we have almost no deep sleep. Um, but in deep sleep, our brain does something amazing. Um, the, the, my, my, my business measures brain waves. And so um, the, the, all of the brain, it's the only time that all of the rooms of the brain naturally um, go into like a symphony, go into a harmonic they're all playing the same tune. Mm. It's a slow, it's called delta wave. It's, it's okay. zero to three hertz. And they go through this rhythmic pulsating from the core of the brain, and they pulsate out. And then they start again at the core, and they pulsate out. And it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But what, what happens then is that when they're doing that, there, there's some, there's some fluid in there. There's, our brain is floating in this fluid called cerebral spinal fluid, and what's amazing is the fluid follows the pulse from the core, and it basically filters out like a sponge. It filters out all of the waste that's been building up in the brain, mm -hmm. and then it gets out to the outside of the brain, flush, connects it, and flushes it down the neck. And it's called our glymphatic system, not our lymphatic system, but with a G, our glymphatic system. And it literally gets rid of beta amyloid plaque, which is the buildup of what makes Alzheimer's what it is. Um, it, it gets rid of mm -hmm. all these other metabolic wastes, all these other plaques, all these things that, that when they build up, they start affecting our memory. Where? Back in that U.S. in that thumb drive, they affect the, the hippocampus, and that hippocampus no longer becomes useful yeah. because it's filled with plaque. Right. So, okay. when are these two things happening? Sleep. It's yeah. like it's like it's huge, right? It's huge. So now, with that, you say, okay, well, but come on, so, you know, food is necessary. Supplements are necessary. Yes, omega threes are phenomenal. Um, I would take only high quality. I wouldn't buy the cheap stuff. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would definitely take good high quality omega threes, good high quality fats that aren't rancid. So good, healthy avocado, good, healthy, um, fresh olive oil. Um, those things are huge, right? Mm -hmm. um, magnesium is going to be amazing. NAD plus is, is a superpower for the brain. Um, yeah. So there are all these supplements, but you know, they cost money. There's going to be hundreds of dollars a month. And I say, then do it in the order of operation, right? Get your sleep right first because it's free and it has a huge effect. Then once that's working, now if you want to add those supplements, and yeah. now all of a sudden you're you're performing, you're 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 moving the needle, right? Because yeah. that's what it's all about. Right. Cool. All okay. right. You asked. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. No, I'm loving it. it. I'm loving it. Okay. So <laughs> there's actually one more listener question. There's one that I wasn't going to include, but now I feel like it kind of goes with what you just said. Um, this okay. one says, it says um, they have a type of anemia anemia where they have the inability to absorb B12. 
It doesn't seem to be known by physicians much. Are you familiar? And if so, where can I start? Again, uh, this will be outside of my expertise, but I know and I, I work with enough people that I can say, mm, go, go in this direction, but this is my understanding of the physiology. Um, okay. okay, if you can't absorb, B12 is one of the many B vitamins, um, and these are vitamins that we can't make in our own bodies, so we need to get it from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the things that we'll get is gonna be digest, is gonna be absorbed in our stomach or intestine. And so, um, and so if we can't absorb it, it does, if it's for anemia or for any reasons, if we can't absorb it, then that's a problem. So um, the, the, the quickest way to solve it is you take what, what are called sublingual um, B vitamins. And all that means is sub means under, lingual means tongue. So guess where you take it? You just mm. put it under your tongue okay. and it absorbs in, in the tissue under your tongue. Um, and so that's usually the quickest and cheapest way to do it. You do sublingual B vitamins. Um, there are two others. You can take, it's a little bit more expensive, but there's another type of supplement that also goes in your mouth because you bypass it. You absorb it through here. You just stop trying to absorb it in your gut because it's not working. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's something that are called liposomal B vitamins. And all that means is just that it's a B vitamin connected to a little fat molecule. And that also gets absorbed in your, in, under your tongue, in your mouth. And mm -hmm. that, and that makes it more absorbable. And once it gets into your bloodstream, the third way is, um, it's, they're now popping up everywhere. I work with a lot of colleagues that do this. You can literally go and get an IV inter intravenous drip of oh, B yeah. vitamins, yeah. right? You can also even get a B vitamin shot in your butt. You have to make sure they go to the right place and they have to be in your butt, <laughs> right. um, but but uh, it usually is. Um, and so, and it's the tissue, it's the muscle of your butt, just in case people are you know, curious. <laughs> um, and so, um, but the whole point is that you just get it right into the bloodstream because at the end of the day, it needs to get into your bloodstream, yeah. not into your stomach. And so, but yeah, so you can bypass. Look, if you can't get in the door, you get in through the top window, you get into the side window, you, yeah. get, you get into where you're going to get to, but you just got to get into your body. And, um, and yes, unfortunately, uh, some of the physicians I work with are the exceptions and they're, they're amazing. But unfortunately, a lot of the physicians, um, not only are they not trained very well in things that have to do with supplements and minerals, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's just basically physiology, but oftentimes there's a disincentive for them to, mm. because, um, because, you know, there are, you know, there, there, there are medications or pharmaceuticals, there are things that, that, you know, it, there, it'd, be a, it'd be a loss of a lot of money to certain people's bottom lines right. um, if people started taking more more um, more ownership of their physiology. So okay. um, so no, you typically won't get that there. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah. And from what I know, it's I mean, B12 can also affect neurological. Right. Because that's the next a question that we things. have here. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. B12 and, and many things, unfortunately. I mean, it's it's not just neural. B12 is there are a, I'm not a million, right? But there are a ton mm -hmm. of assembly lines to do things in our body. These are called chemo, these are biochemical processes, and B12 is like the necessary ingredient for so many assembly lines. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have that those that B12, but sometimes it's B6 and sometimes it's B5, and like there are a lot of things, but B12 is usually the most common um, that we talk about. And so um, and so it's very use, it's very necessary and useful. And most of the things that even now that we eat are 
you know, very low in B12. And uh, mm. so anyways, that's another conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, final question is what are the most obvious signs that you can be a candidate for Alzheimer's or other neurological pathologies? What are the most obvious signs of your candidate? Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> um, most of the time in the news and in research, we're going to see that there are certain genes that, that certain people can have that can make them tend to have Alzheimer's. But now that what we're seeing is that um, at the end of the day, there are things that are way more important. Um, one of the things that we're seeing, so first of all, um, what are candidates? Do you live in a city? Do you live in the city? Are you around a lot of air pollution? Oh, man. Um, there are a few studies that just came out this last year. Um, you know, look, our genes, this is a, like another quick thing. Our genetic code has not changed in about a million years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what that means is that what, you know, there should be no spikes in things when it comes to our genes yeah. because our genes haven't changed. But whenever we see then a spike and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we went from, you know, 4% Alzheimer's to now we're at 80% Alzheimer's. Like, yeah. what's going on? There's an epidemic of Alzheimer's. Let's, let's go back to our genes. No, fundamentally, that doesn't work um, because they, they're, they're not responsible for such big spikes. Um, so usually what creates the spikes are environmental changes um, and uh, or changes in lifestyle. And so it's, okay. food, it's, it's what we put in us and what we do. And so, um, and so uh, right now what we're seeing is that, um, look, are, are you, are you pre-diabetic pre or do you have diabetic tendencies? You're going to be more at risk for Alzheimer's. Um, and okay. why are you more likely to have diabetes? Because you eat more food that, 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 um, is too high in sugar. I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, and, and it's not just the sugar. It's, it's, it's sugar. It's refined. It's refined flour. It's, it's potato. It's rice. It's, it's stuff that makes your brain that, that it's called insulin resistance and it creates the roller coaster. The more roller coasters you, you put your, your body through, mm. the more likely your brain is going to, is going to become what's called insulin resistant. And, um, and it, it is way more of an indicator of Alzheimer's of whether you're going to get any kind of dementia yeah. than, um, than your genes. Right. Another thing, like I said, is going to be the, um, you know, the toxicity around you. Um, and one of them is air pollution. And so they just published two studies in 2020 and one in 2021 showing that, um, you know, um, populations that live around areas that have higher levels of air pollution have have way more um, premature dementia than people that live outside and outside of the cities. Right. And so um, and so, again, you can eat all you want and but you're not going to overcome the huge thing of what you're breathing in day in and day out and all the, 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 the refined toxins that are floating around in our bloodstream day, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. Right. So so I would say the food and the, the air are going to be probably the biggest things. And it's it's not just my, my theory. It's it's this is this is based on, on right. studies. Yeah. It's time for me to pack up and I'm out of L.A. Um, <laughs> and then do you find that alcohol or like caffeine play a role in any of this? You know, a cool thing, caffeine actually has the opposite effect. If you want your brain to be healthier, you have more caffeine. Mm. Isn't that weird? Isn't that wild? Caffeine um, opens up the blood vessels everywhere, including our brain. And actually, caffeine has been shown to be a neuroprotective, mm -hmm. neuro nerves protective. So it tends to, to make our brain healthier. 
by having the caffeine. Now, if we're doing it, if we're doing our caffeine by, you know, 15 rockstar uh, drinks a day, right. now all the other crap that's in there is not going to be good, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, if it's coffee that has way too much mold in it, then that's not going to be good because it's the mold in the, in the coffee beans when they've been sitting in storage all day long before they got to Starbucks, um, that, that those are neurotoxins. Mold in, in our, in our, you know, if we live in, you know, depending on where people live, if you had water damage in your home or you live in areas that have a lot of humidity and water damage, um, the, the mold toxins have huge um, negative effects with the brain, right? Mm. So again, majors and minors, if we want to really move the needle and do something that's going to make a difference, we need to start with the majors and then go on to the minors. And those are the majors, right? So yeah, yeah those will play a role a, a hundred times over. But What's going to be on the news? What's going to be published? What's going to be, um, you know, publicized are going to be things that have to do with genes because then then there'll, there'll be a, a new drug or medication or something that will follow targeting certain genes. And we all think that if we solve the gene problem, we would solve, you know, our overall problem. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, it's just the physiology doesn't work that way, right? And so it doesn't mean that we don't need those things. It's just that those things will be useful in other domains, just not in domains of things that are chronic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it's usually more environmental. Okay. And then, and then lastly, do you see any correlation when it comes to alcohol? Alcohol itself, um, not uh, from what this is now based on what I know. Um, I don't, I don't come across too many studies showing a huge correlation to it. Um, okay. now again, alcohol is a neurotoxin. It, it isn't good for us. Um, you know, in, in any, in any, in, you know, more than one or two, two drinks, uh, a couple times a week from what we see, okay. but, um, it doesn't seem to be, if you had, a, you know, if you had a pick, right, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have, you know, only one drink a night instead of two or three, but I live in the city. I've, I'm pre-diabetic all the time and, you know, all these, and I do all these other things, then, you know, my, that alcohol won't move the needle. Mm. Right. Okay. So it's, it's, that's how we want to kind of think about it. Right. So, awesome. yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Boy. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know <laughs> if you, you got what, you, what you're looking No, this for, was but. great. I, the one thing that's sticking in my head is the, the equation of like, this is the thing I'm going to do to help, you know, um, decrease my anxiety multiplied by the likelihood that I'm going to do it. That really puts things into perspective. Even if it's something that you think cool. sounds great, if you're not going to do it, then yeah. Yeah. Because then, we, then yeah. we just feel guilty. And I, and I know the feeling of that. So, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Good. Good. Well, I hope this is helpful. Yeah, uh, this I is enjoyed really, this completely. This, this was awesome. Um, if there's anything that maybe I left out or any things that you want to cover that weren't asked, you can tell us now, or you can also just, if I would love for you to tell us what you're working on, how people can get in contact with you and yeah. Anything else that you might want to share before we wrap? Yeah, totally. Um, most of the things you can, you can get a hold of me at vitalheadandspine.com. So four words, vital, head, and spine. Um, in our, you know, if, 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 if you want to take a, an attention test, you can do one online there. If you want to um, decide you want to get a brain map, you can fly out and see us and we can do training either in person or remotely. Awesome. Um, that's our big thing is really making um, a, a profound change for people with concussions, anxiety, attention mm -hmm. issues and pre-dementia, um, uh, you know, trying to prevent some of these things from happening. Mm -hmm. um, but um, otherwise, um, you know, what I'm what I'm working on. Uh, 
I continue to work on ways to help to really literally find ways for us to take take control over our physiology again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of great people doing that. And so um, I have a little niche with the brain. And um, yeah. and so I'm going to go, we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into some of the anxiety sides of, of research and so on. But um, but otherwise, you know, I'm on Instagram. You guys can find me there. And, um, and, and, and just so you guys know, on Instagram, I'll check it once a day. I answer <laughs> what I need to do. And it's part of my like checklist. And then I, I'm off and That's it's become best. my routine. It's yeah. become my, it's become a discipline. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I try to use it for what it is, but it's a little bit like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing as cocaine or, you know, it's that addictive. It's the same dopamine yeah. reward pathway. It really is. And yeah. so, um, and so you, you kind of like, you know, so that's my thing. So just in case anybody was like, well, wait a second, he said no, no social media. Now he's saying Instagram. Um, if people are using it, they want to get hold. There you go. Yeah. But you can't um, find him there 24 seven, just once a day. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Awesome. And so, um, so there you go. Yeah. But, um, Otherwise, thank you for having me. This has been a joy. And, yeah, uh, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. Hopeful for your listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Dr. Giancarlo Licata, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. And hopefully we can have you back again in the future. I'm looking forward to all the things that you're working on. And like you said, it's a great niche that you're in. And I think it's it's incredible. People think often it's anxiety and to go to, you know, I'm not saying talk therapy or other avenues are not the way, but you never think really to, to look at brain mapping and see what's going on there. And also, like you said, that things can be, or the traits can be changed. So thank you so much for coming on. Totally. It's my pleasure. Maybe at some point we'll do a focus for all the entrepreneurs and business owners out there.